Fight fans, welcome back to episode 217 of the Tale of the Tape Boxing Podcast here on theboxingrant.com. I'm Kenny Keith, and I'm joined as always by Vince Cummings. What up, Vin? What's going on, brother? You know, I can't help but think about, you know, all this big money that's being thrown in the face of Canelo Alvarez and Golden Boy and, and DeZone just making it rain everywhere. They did approach us a couple months ago. <laughs> and what did, what did the two business savants such as ourselves do i got a job i'm busy kick rocks guys we don't want your money yeah the la- landscaping and electrical field is much more intriguing <laughs> yeah really lucrative <laughs> that's all right man it may all come full circle uh we're back with episode 217 of the tale of the tape boxing podcast i'm kenny keith follow me on twitter at kenny keith jr follow vince cummings at vince cummings 81 be sure to subscribe to the show on iTunes, Spreaker, and Google Play, and drop by the Boxing Rant YouTube channel today. All right, Ben, let's get right down to business on episode 217, a little post-fight, um, and we'll get to a uh, small fight preview with some drama um, and then proceed into uh, all this fucking, you know, the rain shower of, of hundies <laughs> that are, are are coming down from the dazzling cloud. Oh, my God. Unreal. <laughs> all right. So uh, this past weekend, Terrence Crawford squared off against Jose Benavidez, defending his WBO welterweight title on ESPN uh, from Omaha, Nebraska. Vin, Bud Crawford back in action. It's always good to see one of the best at the craft, um, you know, taking a guy to task. This was a nice heated rivalry leading up to it. Good banter, good shit talk between both Crawford and Benavidez. A punch that good, good fake punch at the way in, right? Yeah, either that or hella uh, reflexes when the gloves were off. That was a fucking slow mo. I put that in slow mo, right? <laughs> and watch it. I'm, I'm thinking to myself, that reminded me of watching fucking Rocky Three in slow mo, trying to figure out back in the day if they actually did land the punches. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, shit. Well, the fight took place last weekend in Omaha, man. Terrence Crawford defending the title. Um, There was a clear uh, discrepancy uh, in the size between these two welterweights coming in. But I got to say this. Jose Benavidez sort of entered this fight with the reputation of being a guy that eh, wasn't really all in when it came to boxing. Um, Had a little bit of a side life. I think he got shot in the process. He shot himself. Oh, he shot himself. In the the knee. Even better. (laughs) Who was the receiver from the New York Giants and Pittsburgh Steelers? Plaxico, baby. Plaxico Burr shot himself (laughs) in the foot at a nightclub, didn't he? Dumbass. (laughs) Well, Jose Benavidez has never been, you know... Compared to Albert Einstein, let's say. No, no, he's he's attending class with Plaxico Burst. <laughs> uh, what'd you think about the fight? It was good, man. I, I'll, I'll put it to you like this. So you, for for being what Benavides is, and I, I, you know, when that fight started and, and, and the whole lead up to this fight, and I'm thinking, well, goddamn, I don't remember Benavides being that fucking big. Like, did he hit a growth spurt? I just don't remember him being as big as he was in that fight. I mean, the size discrepancy in the ring was extremely noticeable and a problem for Crawford early the first three four rounds my man couldn't get his distance right couldn't get his timing right but 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 as Crawford always does he downloads the information he takes it in 
Sooner or later, he's going to start breaking you down piece by piece. And, you know, Benavides was Benavides. He does what he always does. He, he takes large parts of rounds off, and rather than respond with punches, he responds with, you know, fucking posturing that, yes, the combination you just landed on me didn't hurt. Well, hey, uh, Jose, it's scored, so it doesn't matter. You know, he, he didn't respond with punches, laid on the ropes a little bit late, and kind of gave it away in the end. After three, four rounds, I mean, it, it could have been even through four. It could have been two rounds apiece. You know, I, I'll give Benavides credit. He did a little bit better than I expected, but by no means was it competitive from the fifth round on. And, and, and the knockout to, or the knockdown, the uppercut, the counter uppercut where he just barely misses a Benavides uppercut. The Benavides had been throwing that punch all night. All night he's throwing that same combination, ending with that uppercut. Crawford knew it was coming. He knew exactly where to be in the pocket to throw his counter uppercut, landed fucking beautifully. Beautifully on the chin. You couldn't have a better punch, and he finished the show. Some people say early stoppage. I say, nah, the stoppage was fine. Yeah, yeah. Um, a fitting ending, uh, you know, to a fitting fight. Jose Benavidez, you know, was a guy that I have always been highly critical of, not only because of, you know, his motivations and how much he is dedicated to the sport, but just, you know, I always, I always hearken back to the Jesse Vargas fight. Shit, how about the Mauricio Herrera fight where you oh, let yeah. that little guy just push him around? Well, it was the same thing with Vargas. Right. It, you know, the same thing happened where you had this guy that was much bigger. He just laid on the ropes, stayed in the high guard, threw some flashy combinations every once in a while, but took probably 75% of each fight off right. laying on the ropes. I think what you're talking about with, like, you know, holy shit, this guy's a lot bigger, you know? Dude, he was so skinny at 140 pounds. He was. You know what I mean? And just having that little bit of reprieve moving up seven pounds, at least in the weight loss department leading up into a fight when you're preparing, you're cutting weight. I mean, it served him much better. It's the same thing that we saw with Terrence Crawford and his move from 135 to 140. I mean, my boy looked gaunt. Yeah, uh, Jose weighed 160 in the ring that night. Easy. Yeah, yeah, no doubt about it. And look, that's what in these kind of uh, – their, their stylistic mismatches, their talent mismatches, we always talk about levels. But, you know, physically at some point, you know, the bigger guy is going to cause problems for a 36-year-old Terrence Crawford. But in no way, shape, or form is he at that point yet. I mean, my boy's just breaking in, in a, at a very healthy weight, um, you know, at a weight class that he definitely deserves to be at, at five foot nine. You know, he took on a physically, you know, imposing fighter in Jeff Horn. I mean, not the most skilled guy in the world, no, right? No. Dismantled him. Jose Benavidez, the much bigger fighter, looking more like a middleweight in the ring against this welterweight, Terrence Crawford. And, you know, the levels we, you know, we speak of, it was the difference maker. I'm not surprised in the result to this. I think I'm most surprised in the continued speculation after this fight is over, after Terrence Crawford stops him in the 12th round, is, oh, because Terrence Crawford didn't stop Jose Benavidez in the sixth round, he's going to get manhandled by Spence. Look, man, you said it in your, you know, your little monologue there, um, you know, looking back at the fight and what happened in this. The one thing that Terrence Crawford does, if you cannot physically hurt him, right, and you give him enough time in the fight. Usually, he's much like Floyd Mayweather. This is the only similarity between Terrence Crawford <laughs> and Floyd Mayweather. Is a if you let him get to the third or fourth round without hurting him, 
you you're going to have a very difficult chance. You better have dropped him in the first four rounds. You yeah. have a difficult chance to beat this guy because he's going to figure you out. Well, I think, yeah, watching the first four rounds of that fight, you couldn't help but say Spence might be a little bit too much for him because Spence kind of, you know, he's not as big, or he's not as tall as Benavides, but physically, you know, strong and thickness and mus- muscularity, he's bigger than Benavides. He's more imposing. He can impose that strength. He's a stronger fighter. Right. And he comes forward with that. He knows how to use it to his advantage. I don't watching that fight did not make me feel any different about Crawford Spence. I think it's a it's a fight that could be argued about for both fighters on both sides. It's a it's a true 50-50 fight in my opinion. I would edge to Spence for size and strength. But I'm I'll tell you this right now. I I've been very very critical of Terence Crawford and his resume and, and the the people that he's beaten on his rise. You know, I'd like to see him in the ring with, with, with better, you know, more established fighters, legacy-building fights. But let's be honest here. The guy's done nothing but destroy undefeated champion after undefeated champion after undefeated champion. At some point, the guy deserves credit. You know, whether I or you or anybody wants to challenge his resume, that's fine. And if that's your reason for not, you know, placing him on the highest pedestal in the sport of boxing – okay, I get it. You're kind of a retard in my eyes because it's plain to see when you watch this man fight, not only is he the best American fighter that we have by, by leaps and fucking bounds, he may be the best fighter in the world. I know a lot of people argue for Lomachenko and I would too, but there's something about watching Terrence Crawford. That's a little bit different than Lomachenko. And it's almost one of the recent, it's like a recency effect thing where you watch one fight and you go, he's the best in the world. Then yeah. Lomachenko fights, oh, he's the best in the world. It, this, these guys deserve their fucking respect. Uh, you know, you cannot question, ever question the skill level of this man. It's through the fucking roof, dude. I mean, he is, out of, out of all the fighters you can watch right now, there's not, there's maybe two or three that are more exciting, you know, Round for round, minute for minute, in a fight than Terrence Crawford. I'm sorry, the guy is fucking great. He is. Um, you know, I think when it's all said and done, you know, Terrence Crawford will prove himself um, to be, you know, another generational fighter. I think that the dog in Terrence Crawford has always been something that you know we've always applauded. Right. Um, you know, we've been covering the guy for five years, and you know, if if there's one thing about Terrence Crawford is is when you turn up the juice on him. The dog comes out. Right. I mean, he's one guy that you talked about in, in your breakdown there about how Jose Benavidez, it's like, dude, you're just standing there like trying to act tough. You're not answering with anything. Right. When Terrence Crawford gets hit with one of those shots, he comes back with three or four more more meaningful shots. You no, know what I mean? He doesn't tap his glove on his chin and say, bring it. No, he answers yeah. every time. Yeah, he brings it. Every time. So all we can do is dissect resumes and look at – uh, tales of the tape, right? Right. And and see who's taller and who's faster and 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 who's beaten who and how old you are and blibbity blah <laughs> fuckity da, right? right? You know, the reality is that's all you got until guys like Terrence Crawford and Errol Spence actually do the dance. Don't hold your breath, folks. <laughs> it will be a little while. Um, all right, so let's get to a fight preview, Vin. We thought that we were going to get Demetrius Andre and Billy Joe Saunders squaring off as Saunders, oh, Billy Joe himself, defends his WBO middleweight crown, the elusive one. <laughs> a fight can never be made. Pens were always lost. 
when uh, Triple G tried to go after the WBO belt. Well, guess what? Too much nasal spray at the angle gym, boy. I'll tell you what, man. <laughs> Between nasal spray and butts puckered up, you know, he had no interest in handing over his belt. How easily he handed over this belt, though. You uh, know what I mean? And of all guys, of all guys. To have to do, like, the the more embarrassing thing on for, for on the Billy Joe Saunders ends of, end of things is, not only a Frank Warren fighter fighting on a, a Eddie Hearn promoted card, now he fails a drug test and has to give that belt to an Eddie Hearn fighter. Frank Warren has just got to be fucking just breaking down walls in his office right now. You're not going to get a Coogan Cassius Frank Warren interview like we get every fucking week, it seems like, or whatever it is. IFL TV goes in there and gives Frank a, a, an interview and he goes off on everybody in UK boxing, which they're fucking great. I, you know, Frank is a as a character in an interview was fucking outstanding. Yeah, but the guy's relegated himself to 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 his biggest cash cows being fucking circus gypsy performers. <laughs> yes, he's got Frampton. I'll, we'll give him that. <laughs> I don't know how he managed that. I don't I know either. Frampton's sitting there punching himself in the dick every night. He has you got to I mean? be. Now. Oh, I should have signed with Eddie and Dazen. Uh, I mean, just like you know, I have my hatred for Eddie. So there's other people that do too. So you know, you just can't do it. There's something you can't can't bring myself to just mm. i think frank warren is just the you know the senile old man in the room at this point in his career right. i mean even fucking bob at like 107 years old is still way sharper than frank warren frank always you know he's a crafty bitch too he always oh, figures something out okay he's got punchlines. <laughs> cool man you got one-liners you write an article on boxing scene who the fuck knows what boxing I, scene is besides us i probably like him more because He's actually called Eddie Hearn out on a on a handful of occasions that have been just outstanding. Well, I mean, I, I'd like to see a matchup between Frank Warren and Barry Hearn. I think that's <laughs> more, right. I think that's more of an even match. No shit. Uh, Eddie Hearn looking like the fucking the 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 white British Deontay Wilder. <laughs> you know what I mean? Skinny yeah. as fuck, tall as hell, talks mad shit. He's got them Tyson Fury love handles though. <laughs> oh, I love it. Look, okay, so Billy Joe tested positive. Victor Conte, the godfather of, of you know. Of all that is clean of, sport. Well, let's be honest. He's the, he's the proprietor and the supplier to the biggest and greatest, most legendary drug cheat in the history of sports, Barry Bonds. Right. You know, he perpetrated everything. Uh, Evan Fields and all them boys. But now he has been saved, Vin. <laughs> he's been saved. And the, the 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 type of steroid that Billy Joe Saunders took is ten times more potent than clenbuterol. Yeah. So that's like eating a fucking. That's like the difference between eating a ten ounce steak at Applebee's and going to Ruth Chris and getting the fucking sixty seven ounce ribeye. The porterhouse. Yeah, exactly. The fucking bone in joint. The tomahawk. Um, but dude, the irony and 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 the comedy. In the relinquishing of the WBO belt and 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 Billy Joe Saunders, you know the circus that surrounds him or whatever, I think what's even funnier and more ironic, and maybe U.S. boxing fans can relate to this more, is now they have finally discovered the third brother <laughs> of the Durrell family, the long lost brother they thought that had vanquished to the poisons of the Michigan water. 
that he had. Oh, that's cold. And and then disappeared. Unk on the loose in the woods. They don't know where Unk's at. He he lost somewhere between Upper Marlboro and Fort Washington right. in Prince George's County, Maryland, right? <laughs> right down the street from here. They have discovered the third Darrell brother, and his name is Boo Boo Andre. Because my boy is getting as many undeserved chances. This is even a Darrell brother couldn't hope for this. A belt falling in his lap. And he gets it to square off against Walter Katukatamara. Kawanda. Kawanda. Yeah. Motanda from Kawanda. <laughs> I mean, honestly, what is this? How does Demetrius Andre? I mean, Billy Joe's just going to give this fucking guy a belt. Demetrius Andre doesn't deserve this title no, no. more than Anthony Durrell deserves a title at the at the vacant WBC belt. Has Demetrius Andre fought at middleweight? I don't know. I, I, it's it's so long in between fights. I know his last fight was absolutely horribly disgusting. You're gonna to have watch. to hit up Hova and ask him. <laughs> <laughs> it's just it blows. Beyonce my, knows. It, it blows my mind. This guy's gonna walk into a WBO middleweight championship. Not only that, he's aligned with the zone, right? And Eddie Hearn. So we all know who just signed there, who has the rest of the middleweight belts. So you know. But it, 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 if this guy is able to parlay this into winning this belt, I'm sure Billy Joe Saunders gets an immediate rematch. There's no way a Frank Warren fighter relinquished a Warren boxing organization belt without something on the back end knowing that they're going to get their chance to immediately win it back. But doesn't clearly now, I mean, we're going to get to it. You're going to get a but retro. doesn't the zone have the, the power here to make, to tell him? It, uh, Andre versus Canelo seems like the likely thing next. Yeah, I mean, it would make sense. Uh, and, you know, I I, 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 I think Canelo, that's an easy fight for Canelo, in my opinion. Yeah, I do too. But. Andre's overrated. Yeah, he's severely overrated, and I don't know how you anyone can cannot overrate him when the guy has not fought, and when he has fought, he's looked like shit against average fucking fighters. He got dropped by Vonis Martirosian, who got fucking flatlined in two rounds by Golovkin, who Golovkin had two epic fights <laughs> with Canelo. Do the math, right? <laughs> uh, he wasn't he wasn't very destructive at one fifty four. He looks a lot bigger at 160. That snack gym put them put that muscle on him. He looks slow as fuck, Vin. But yeah, I you know I, I don't know. We'll see, man. I, I, there was a point in time where I thought Andre had talent to be something special. Uh, you're not going to find me saying anything near that right now. No. Prove something, please. Yeah, I think those days are over. Yeah. Um, and you're not going to tell me anything against the guy Walter Kawamba. I have no idea who this guy is. <laughs> He's I've never un- heard of him. He's an undefeated, devastating puncher, Ken. Listen. <laughs> Your your dude, your Eddie Hearn mind tricks will not work on me. Okay, he was the number one contender. I tell you who th- who Eddie Hearn thought his mind tricks would work on was every free agent in boxing oh. that he thought that he could publicize his billion dollar deal with the Zone as being an exclusive deal that if you wanted to box on the Zone, it had to come through your signature on the contract <laughs> with Matchroom Boxing. And- <laughs> OMG, Vin. <laughs> I, I mean, it, it's, it, it couldn't be any better, right? Canelo Alvarez has signed a multi-fight deal that lasts five years that is worth over $360 million that will pay Canelo Alvarez a little bit over $33 million per fight over the next five years. This is so 
just emblematic, and it's just a total shot across the bow to the guy that sort of embarrassed Canelo in the beginning of his career in they, Floyd Mayweather. Can you, they you they don't let think, him in the picture, Ken. He's in the back of the pictures. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you don't think there's any coincidence in the fact that the deal that Floyd Mayweather signed after the Oscar De La Hoya fight was Showtime that paid him $32 million a fight. You don't think there was any historical significance in the fact that Canelo's deal pays him $33 million a fight? Oh, absolutely. That's one aspect of the deal that I, I, I absolutely love because you know <laughs> you know that is eating Floyd alive. That deal right there, Floyd is itching right now to He's going to do something stupid and fight him Nurmagomedov. He's going to fight him Nurmagomedov? Yeah. He's going to get murdered. Oh. Man, dude, this deal is awesome. And, 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 you know, Steve Kim sent out the best tweet of the night, basically saying, yeah, guys, uh, nobody ever said that Dazen wasn't going to be dealing with any other boxing entities. Well, it Eddie wasn't Hearns, an exclusive deal to Eddie. Eddie sure made it seem that way. He sure he wanted to make it seem that way because, I, <laughs> because he was courting Canelo Alvarez. Look, I got I, I know Eddie had his hand in this deal, right? He had a, something to do with it. But I, a part of me feels like that the execs at, at zone saw the Jesse Vargas numbers. <laughs> and they're looking They're looking at this Saturday, and they're going, oh, who's your main event? John Skipper was like, we well, need Canelo. We're going to have to step in here, Eddie. Uh, let us do the heavy lifting here. We're going to get you what you need, okay? <laughs> But honestly, dude, if you, like, five, or I'm going to say, if you're going to sit there and tell me I had no idea, like, yeah, man, uh, the 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 biggest boxer in the world just got the, the most lucrative deal in sports history, and he's going to fight on an app. And I would s- immediately ask you, where the fuck is my flying car? Where is my hoverboard? Where, like, what is going on? What the fuck, man? This, the the, the, the way that this industry is just, flipped on its fucking head i mean who's who can compete with that well the power players of showtime ain't got shit no i don't know how long they're gonna be espinosa's gotta be fucking just drowning in tears right now espinosa thought that his him broadcasting a few showtime cards on youtube for free was ushering in a new era yeah no you missed the boat son he did oh they all did And, and at this point you know You've got three large entities backed by a shit ton of cash now. Uh, if this sport can't deliver, okay, if you can't deliver fights that people want to see, and if fighters and promoters can't get over the fact that, yes, your fighter will take a loss every once in a while, but he will still remain a popular fighter based on his performance, right? If, if they can't start making fights and they, you know, cross, what's wrong with the cross-pollination here? Everybody's got money. Let's just fucking mix and match and and let it go. I, to me, if this is if this is the the great divide, and now we have, you know, we have essentially the WWE, the WCW, and the ECW, like it was in wrestling at one point. It's gonna water down the fucking market, and if they're all gonna stay in house, it's not gonna fucking work, and this is gonna fall flat on its face because people are smart enough. All boxing fans are smart enough. Yeah, am I going to pay $10 a month now? Probably. You got me. You got me. Canelo, you got me, okay? But if this isn't going if it's going to be Canelo Rocky Fielding, then Canelo's going to come back down to middleweight and fight, I don't know. Pick pick whoever in the top 10. 
I'm not interested, man. These these have to be. You got to deliver with this shit. This has to lift the sport to the next level. These shit fights aren't going to do it. You got to be able to. Just everybody needs to be able to extend the hand. Why not? Both sides have money. You might you might get some of his money. You might get some of his. It's, come on, let's a big orgy of cash in boxing right now. There's a shit ton of money, Ben. There's no doubt about it, you know. And and I think that there there's a segment of the boxing community that wants to give all the uh, you know the praise to Allah to Al Heyman, right? Yeah. That oh yeah, well Al Heyman was the first one to get a billion dollars for boxing. He's the one that paved the way for this. Hold on a second. Al Heyman stole a billion dollars. <laughs> yes, he did. Floundered it on an absolutely horrible product. And let's be honest, right? If Al Heyman was the reason that this happened, he'd have been the first person to sign a lucrative contract, and he was fucking third to, right. the, to the party. He was a day late and a dollar short. Here's the thing. He signed a great lucrative contract, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. But th- he has a huge lucrative stable. He's got a bigger stable than the two others combined, right, on ESPN and DAZONE. You know, they just have more superstars on those networks. That's all. Right. But here's why it happens. Let me break this down for you, all right? The reason why there's so much money being, being funneled towards boxing right now is twofold things are changing towards Mm -hmm. apps and towards everything being able to be uh, viewed in your handheld device there's no doubt about that but it's also even more impacted with television networks being the cause for this bad deals made by gigantic networks like the deal that espn has for monday night football with the nfl's deal with any network right now right what they're looking for now, because these guys are all upside down in their deals with the NFL, and the only people that are making money right now are the NFL, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody on TV, these shows, they're releasing seasons at a time on streaming apps like Netflix. Nobody is watching live entertainment anymore. And the only live entertainment that anybody has anymore is so fucking expensive. It's cost people jobs. Mm-hmm. It has turned the market in a different direction. So what's happening right now? What can apps survive on? Yeah, you can have an app like YouTube. I mean, YouTube was there before anybody else that has, like, just a, a, a fucking archive of endless fucking videos that will entertain you. But what apps are looking for are cheap live entertainment, mm-hmm. not stuff that gets DVR'd, not stuff that you can watch whenever you want to. People are, there's still a market, especially in the app market, it is the convergence of the two. We need cheap entertainment because we lost our fucking ass with the NFL and the NBA. Mm-hmm. Right? So that's why ESPN's in the market. That's why guys like John Skipper, who used to head up ESPN, who is now heading up DAZN, these guys knew that it was going to take a live-action sport, appointment viewing. Yeah, you can watch the fights after the fact. They fucking catalog these things fast. Yeah. You can watch a fight on DAZN a couple hours after the thing happened. That's great. I love that. Right? Mm -hmm. For the person that can't watch it live, what better? Spending a billion dollars on a year's worth of boxing that a subscribers are going to pay, and you bring in guys like Anthony Joshua, Canelo Alvarez, Vasily Lomachenko, Terrence Crawford, box office attractions. Nobody knows where Golovkin's going to sign. That's going to be a huge landing, right? Yeah. And you can get cheap entertainment. It, Dude, the ESPN paid the NFL billions of dollars a fucking Monday for oh. Monday night football. You know how much it cost them to do just one Monday night football? Yeah, to, to me, look, the biggest thing that, that I take away from this deal and and what DAZN and how ESPN Plus is, is changing the market in boxing is 
thank God, you know, all of these years that I've spent fucking complaining and everybody has about goddamn pay-per-view fights, that's gone. Because if Canelo ain't on pay-per-view, no. there ain't no reason for anybody to be on pay-per-view. Well, the U.K. will still pay pay-per-view. Well, yeah, I mean, Joshua. <laughs> but we'll get it for free. <laughs> the U.K. is probably, I think they're looking at like 12 to 14 pay-per-views this year, which is insane. Just get the Dazzin app in the U.S., you get them all. Insane. And look, here's what people forget, you know, with a lot of these, these streaming platforms and, and, and the way this is going. You, there, you can see everything kind of steering towards a global market with, mm-hmm. with, with the sports that they're choosing. This is something that appeals to everybody everywhere. And the zone is not just in America. It's in every major continent. And it's been in, I want to say it's been in Asia for two years. Yeah, and they get all of these fights. To the, the Boxing is on every single one of those platforms. It's a little bit different. Like if you go to the zone in Canada, you can watch the NBA. You can watch Major League Baseball. You, it's all it's all there for that same ten dollars a month. We don't get that here because of the exclusive broadcast rights that pay. Oh, once those contracts end, we will. Oh, absolutely. It's the 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 market is seriously seriously fucking changing. Maybe not baseball because the con the big money contracts in baseball are with the local contracts. Yeah, they are the local television and, viewing. Uh, yeah, and I think those will, those deals will be around still for a long time. Mm-hmm. Just just for the local fan viewing and and. and and the amount of viewership they get. That's the one sport for sure. But but look, man, you know, it's it's trending in a global direction. Boxing is one of the biggest global sports. I mean, I think people people forget like when Canelo Alvarez fights, Mexico shuts down. Like this is not like there's hundreds of millions of people. This ain't Delaware. This yeah. is a big country. <laughs> right. It's a couple Texases, all right? It's a <laughs> yeah. big fucking place. You know, it shuts down and hundreds of millions of people are watching. You've got to think that some of those hundreds of millions of people there and, and, and around the world, they're going to be paying $10 a month, $120 a year. They're going to fucking start raking in checks here. It's going to take a while. You know, it's going to take a couple years to build this thing. But the cash that this that the zone is going to make at the end of the day is fucking unreal. I mean, honestly, Vince, who wants to pay $90 for another Canelo Alvarez pay-per-view. I now, never want to. Now, even if it was just Canelo on, on DAZN and nobody else was signed to them, you're going to pay for one year subscription. No other sport. $30 cheaper for a Canelo Alvarez fight. On top of it, you're going to get great boxing. You're going to get great MMA. But I think with the money there, if Canelo Alvarez can sign that kind of a contract and, the, and they have MMA... Why can't Conor McGregor get $50 million to fight from DAZN? Oh, absolutely. I was going to say, look, I think with Conor McGregor getting beat getting beat to shit a couple weeks ago, to me, that was the last marketable figure as a pay-per-view star in this country. There's none there. There's none left. And he's on his way to Bellator, <laughs> like Hogan going to the WCW. Oh, you know he's got Bellator loves, loves, loves to over pay washed up ufc fighters that's what they do a couple more years then now, now look I, i'm not gonna say i don't watch bellator yeah i watched fedor last weekend how'd I mean, he do oh he fucking dominated i mean but he's fucking fighting chael sonnen i mean it's a complete mismatch hey, chael sonnen's a, a hell of a fucking announcer he is he's a hell of a shit talker one of the best shit talkers ever actually if, if you ever have a minute just go on youtube and and, and watch some some <laughs> some sonnen shit talking it's Unbelievable! Yeah, it's, it's good stuff. He's one of the best in the business. Uh, you, you come at him with something, you better watch out, boy. <laughs> He'll, he's, he goes for the jugular. He's quick as a whip. He is. But yeah, man. I mean, uh, to me, it's just the amount of money and, and the way things are going. This is 
I, I, I want to say it's it's a weird it's weird. I don't know. Like, I feel like the sport is about to. You know, everybody always says every fucking five years you hear the conversation: boxing is dead, boxing is dead, boxing is dead. No, this is a renaissance, my yeah, friend. Yeah, it, it it really is. And and with all this money, if these guys fuck it up, the people that are in power in the sport of boxing, which is you know a large conglomerate of of usually moronic fucking retards mm. that can't get out of their own goddamn way when it comes to making the shit work, if they can't figure it out, you know something is seriously wrong at the root of this sport. This has to work. Dude, we're going to rename our show Dos Mongolos. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> the Two Mongoloids podcast. Um, no, I think we're, well, you know, look, up front, when these guys enter into these new deals, right. you know, I don't know what the level of fight's going to be, but I'm loving what I'm hearing in sort of one of the bizarre romances, but it, it actually makes perfect sense considering, um, you know, the number of fighters that 147 pounds that Al Heyman has. The PBC has signed none other than Manny Pacquiao. And we're hearing that Manny Pacquiao will square off against Adrian Broner in early 2019. Now, this is a fight that I've always wanted to see. Oh, are you kidding me? It hasn't been like at the forefront of Pacquiao fights that I want to see. Right. But dude, in in sort of this, you know, this third chapter, fourth chapter, fifth chapter, depending on how you interpret it, of Manny Pacquiao's career. The way we've seen him perform very well yeah. over the last two or three years. Could you envision yourself a more fun fight promotion to watch? I know Senator Pacquiao will be his his diplomatic self. Yeah. But Broner versus Pacquiao, for a first fight for Manny Pacquiao on the PBC, I swear, man. Look, this is like almost a pity fuck for Al Heyman when it comes <laughs> to Adrian Broner. You know, right. it's like, dude, I've been putting you in there. I have rehabilitated. I have paid millions of dollars to Mark Kriegel to try to rehabilitate your career. <laughs> like, when I called Mark Kriegel to rehabilitate your career one more time, he said, Broner, Broner, you want me to rehabilitate Broner one more time? He had lost calls, Al. <laughs> Thanks for the money, but brother, he lost. This is perfect. It is. I love this fight. This dude, I, I can't think of a better way for Pacquiao to close his career than than head to the PBC and a, and really fight these this group of welterweights that you know we've all been told. And I, look, I'm not downplaying these guys' careers and who they are. They're all very good fighters. Okay. But let's be honest. They've been dicking around in their own world, fighting each other. Been very underwhelming. Uh, yeah, it's. It, I. I it's, this is going to like be a measuring stick to who those guys actually are because they've. It's just been incestual, and I. I just can't. I, just envisioning Pacquiao being the PBC assassin, on his, at forty years old, on his way out the door. Now look, he's probably against Broner. He's going to be a favorite, but against the likes of you know Sean Porter, Danny Garcia. Uh, Errol Spence, God forbid, if that fight gets made. No, that's the one. That, he can beat all the other guys. I feel like, well, <laughs> I feel like when Al signed Pacquiao, that that's going to be like his put over piece for for Spence. Fucking suicide. Uh, it, it is. It's ridiculous. I mean, the the mismatch in size there is fucking unbelievable. Give me Pacquiao Broner, Pacquiao Danny Garcia, yes. Pacquiao Thurman. That's all I want to see. Yes, and those I, three fights, I'm good. I think he wins at least two out of the three of those. Maybe all three. Probably favored in all three. Yes. 
He's, huh. He probably politicked with his senatorial style <laughs> to get Keith Thurman in this first fight. <laughs> I get him now. Uh, that might be Keith's cash-out fight. That fool's still high. <laughs> you know Broner's going to be cashing out soon. This might be it. But guess what? Win, lose, or draw? This is a win for Broner at this point in his pathetic, underwhelming career. Because the guy's been overpaid for years. Right. But here's what's great about this. Let's just say Broner knocks out Pacquiao. Holy shit. Broder Mayweather's going to do bank. It, <laughs> it'll do 2 million pay-per-views. But yeah, but we all know the ace up the sleeve here is is Andre Berto. <laughs> yeah, he's ace up the sleeve, all right. No, Al's you know what Al's holding on to in his back pocket is is the 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 thought and the idea of, well, okay, if I can get Pacquiao a couple wins against against a couple of my welterweights. Yeah. Floyd and Manny run it back one more time. Maybe they put it on Fox pay-per-view or whatever they do in their universe. That's kind of that. I, I feel like that's what Al's holding in his back pocket. I don't want to fucking see it. Nobody wants to see it, but more than likely folks, it's coming. Get Look, ready. Before the announcement of Pacquiao signing with the PBC, we heard about Mayweather Pacquiao, right? right. The announcement from Japan, right? Cons out the, like all, everybody that Pacquiao surrounded himself with is now gone. Yeah. You're exactly. dealing directly with Manny. Yeah. Show him the money, and he will be there. He'll show up. Yeah. He doesn't care. Those greedy hands are out of the pie. Right. So we know that this is all for and leading up to Mayweather Pacquiao, too. Here's what I think happens. <laughs> I know this is going to piss a lot of people off. I think they assume that Pacquiao is going to beat Bronner because, mm -hmm. you know, he just don't give he, he gives no fucks whatsoever. Bronner don't throw enough punches. Exactly. And Pacquiao going to throw punches and bunches. Yes. Um. I, I hate to break it to you, man. You know what we're going to see? What are we going to see? Mayweather said before all this nonsense was announced that this fight was happening, so he knew who he was lining up. You're going to see Mayweather versus Berto Part 2. <laughs> oh, get the fuck out of here. He's a tune-up fight. That's what he said. I mean, he didn't train for the McGregor fight. That was a fucking farce. He carried him. It, it, you know, the end went like the rehearsal. I oh, should, of course. As they say. Yeah. Um, we know where this is going. Yeah. Look, Pacquiao is going to get hurt in a rematch of Floyd Mayweather. So fine. Fight Broner first. Fight Mayweather second. If you lose, then guess what? Danny, Danny Garcia and Keith Thurman are the A side. Oh, yeah. And cool. Any, any, right. No. They will never be. In, I don't care if Pacquiao's <laughs> fighting at 43 with 12 losses. Yeah, but hold on, man. Hold on a second. Right? Danny Garcia. That fool dominated Eric Morales way worse than Manny Pacquiao. Didn't you see them fights? Yeah. Oh, uh, sure. Yeah. I saw him all right. Didn't Ma Manny Pacquiao actually suck the soul essence from him? His ghost, his force ghost, went flying out of his physical body, and Manny Pacquiao inhaled the fucking, uh, you know, the smoke from his force ghost. Right. He took his life essence. Yes, he took the, the greatest Mexican warrior of that generation. And then... Danny Garcia fought him five years later. <laughs> I just, I'll never forget when uh, Morales clearly passed it, but in that fight, Danny Garcia keeps throwing hooks, and Morales just looks at him in the middle of the ring and just throws these weak hooks right in front of his face. Like, come on, man, throw some more of them little bullshit shots. You ain't hitting shit. <laughs> oh, man, I just think even, look, I, I kind of put Adrian Broner and Danny Garcia in the, in the same category. I think they're just a mirage. These guys were put out there to, you know, be this certain promoted, 
uh, you know, next coming. We'll put him in with big names. We won't put Broner in with big names. We'll just put his athletic prowess at smaller weights. He'll establish a name for himself, become a pound-for-pound fighters. I think these are two of the greatest mirages in the history of boxing in Danny Garcia and Adrian Broner. I don't think that Danny Garcia stands a chance against Manny Pacquiao. Let's not forget that within the last five years, Manny Pacquiao's team offered $4 million deals, career-high paydays to both Adrian Broner and Danny Garcia that got turned down. And I can guarantee you one thing. There's no way, shape, and hell, right, unless it's a pay-per-view fight that Adrian Broner earns $4 million for this fight against Manny Pacquiao. Well, he's probably getting about half or a little more. Well, you know, Papa Albies be cutting him side checks. Yeah, that's what we always hear. It's like, okay, yeah. I, I realize fighters get paid, you know, a little bit under the table, but everybody acts like, oh, they're getting three, four times. They're, they're reported uh, purse from Al on the side. It's like, come on, man. Give me a fucking break here, dude. Yeah. It wasn't the appearance fee that Julio Cesar Chavez, you know, uh, notoriously posted online. That was an appearance fee. That's like getting Tiger Woods to show up to the Booz Allen Hamilton Classic right. in, in Potomac, Maryland. Right. Tiger ain't showing up to that event unless you cut him a $3 million check. And he'll be there. He'll, <laughs> he'll be, be there. there. Oh, man, I love it. Yeah. I think where boxing is going now is more unpredictable, more exciting, um, and more affordable than ever. Yeah. Well, I, I look. I've been very hesitant with all this fucking streaming shit, and I still have, you know, some hesitations when it comes to it. But you can't deny the the money and the excitement that is kind of building behind all this shit and what the possibilities are. Uh, as a boxing fan, you can't really ask for much more. I, You know, I find it hard to bitch and moan. I really do, and I know how to bitch and moan about the sport of boxing. Yes, you do. <laughs> and so do I. But as a fucking fellow dick wanker of Alexander Usyk, how do we not mention that this guy's part of Dazzin yeah, too? I mean, yeah, you got the two biggest stars in the world in Joshua and, and Canelo. And arguably the best fighter in the you world. Got, yeah, you got the most decorated uh, fighter right now in the world. Um, I, you know, I, I, I just can't see how they, they – this is a win-win for boxing fans. You have like – Across the, the board. In, in, in the mythical matchup department, you basically have – all of the top 10 pound-for-pound fighters fighting on ESPN or DAZN. Sorry, UK fans. You're <laughs> still paying for pay-per-views. <laughs> I wonder if Canelo's going to travel to the UK. Uh, he... I'm sure he's got to. Yeah. I would love to see Canelo versus Chris Eubank Jr. Sky Sports. But... <laughs> no, that would be, that would have to be because Eubank only fights on, on uh, IFL or ITV5 oh, yes. or TV4. You only whatever. get that in Ireland if you have an antenna on top of your car. <laughs> Oh, as we exit the show, well, uh, James the Gale versus Chris Eubank. What say you? Um, remind me when it is again, so I won't watch. I mean, come on. I look a super middleweight pillow fight. That's how I describe <laughs> it's it. Fuck. Look, <laughs> one of them is done after this fight. One of their career is done. I don't know if Chris Eubank Jr.'s career will ever be done. His career won't die until his father goes into the grave. Let's be honest. Jesus Christ. Look, here's how I put it. James DeGale, one of the most overrated fighters of the last five years. And, and honestly, I, I, this is the honest truth. One of the most embarrassing things in boxing in the last five to ten years is Carl Frotch dodging James DeGale at the end of his career. Yeah. Because if you start to really analyze James DeGale's career, 
I'm sorry. I think Frotch could beat him now when DeGale was in his prime. <laughs> yeah, uh, the second half of that fight, uh, DeGale is like, going to eat a right what? hand. He's like, what the fuck? I can't believe I turned this fight down. <laughs> no shit. That's DeGale. Life and death with an 89-year-old Lucian Butte. <laughs> Life and death with Porky Medina. Yeah. Now you're going to fight one of the most pillow-fisted, flailing, untalented, uncoordinated boxers in the history of the sport. Dude. James DeGale may be one of the most overrated fighters of the last five years in boxing. I know he's been a pro since 2009, so we could say 10 years, right? Right, right. But the reality is he, he's definitely been one of the most overrated, overhyped oh, fighters. Oh, absolutely. And it had to do with the surge of the U.K. and the 14 champions at one time. Oh, yeah. And he was probably one of the better ones out of the 14 champions. Yes. Man, looking back on that, is jeez. I know. So that was part of the hype. I get it. But Chris Eubank Jr. is a really bad fighter. He's one of the worst fighters that has been considered in the top 20. I mean, I would honestly say... George Groves has looked okay against really good fighters, and he's, ha he's had his struggles at the top tier. He made Eubank look like a complete fucking amateur. And he made himself look like Lomachenko. <laughs> yes. That, I mean, that, that tells you all you need to know right there. Oh, he's a fraud. Yeah. He's a fraud. It doesn't take much to, uh, to burst the eardrums of Spike O'Sullivan. That being said... <laughs> He might beat James DeGale. I bet he does. <laughs> that will be a... DeGale's not going to box him. DeGale's going to do what DeGale does. Which Lower is his head and come forward. Yeah. He's going to uh, walk into a fucking uppercut. He's going to walk into 18 uppercuts. Probably. That's why it doesn't need to be on ITV. You know what I mean? Well, it's going to be. That shit needs to be on DC20. You know? Yeah. It needs to not be broadcast. Live from the Ritz in Southeast DC. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Seriously, I mean, the, look, man, the fight is going to be, it's going to be entertaining. The issue, I, the only issue I'm going to have with the fight, and it's going to be so annoying. So for me, I'll probably just pop in, watch the fight pop out, not engage in Twitter conversation. Right. There are going to be thousands and thousands of thousands of people that think this fight is fucking legit and that this fight is going to be for all the marbles at 168. Meanwhile, David Benavidez sits there and sharpens his teeth on the sidelines. <laughs> Look, I, you're, you're exactly fucking right. And, I, you know, I've had a couple conversations with, with, a, with a couple guys from the U.K., and, and they actually have said to me here recently that, you know, the tide had already turned amongst the diehard U.K. fans where they kind of seen through the farce of, of what's going on over there with the amount of pay-per-views and the way they're just fucking their pockets are reached into nonstop. The tide is starting to turn with the casuals, too. They're actually starting to get it like, hey, we're not going to pay for the bullshit anymore. The seventh Joshua fight at Wembley Stadium doesn't have as much allure. <laughs> no. Well, the problem is once you go and you're 50 yards away from the ring and you realize, well, I paid uh, $90 to watch a big screen TV in a stadium. When I could have paid 30 to watch it on pay-per-view. Right. Yeah, exactly. And had cheap beers and good food. <laughs> I mean, people figure it out. They're not dumb. No, and it's a small place. Yeah. You know, you know. Let's not forget. You know, it's not like it. Uh, it's not like there's you know a, a half a billion billion people over there. No, no. You know. Um, yeah. Look, man, this fight to me, 
I'm going to enjoy it. I just don't want to talk about it. It'll like, be one of those, like, it'll be one of them things where everybody kind of just, it's like, a, you, you, you got to watch a train wreck. It, everybody's going to tune in, and it's going to be like, it's going to be a, a, like a cult following type of fight. Where like a butter bean Let's fight. watch these two fucking retards beat the shit out of each other. Yeah. Maybe one of them won't come back. This will be like Chuck Liddell versus Tito Ortiz 3. <laughs> right. Is that going to be on Dazzin? <laughs> That is a Golden Boy pay-per-view that's going to cost $50. That fucking fight is not going to sell 25000 Then, are you going to order it? I'm going to illegally <laughs> stream it, yes. <laughs> Come on, man. These are guys that were great 15 years ago. You I know? don't care. I'm, I'll say it. I've always said it. I'm down for old man fights, yeah. especially without drug testing. So let's fucking do it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. This is like DDP versus... <laughs> Versus Raven. DDT versus Booker T. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. No, it's good shit, man. All right. Well, I'm glad we came back for episode 217. I guess if we want to uh, uh, talk Dazzin into throwing us some some cash to advertise their product, I guess we're going to have to get on our knees and start juggling. Yeah, we might have to start saying their name right, too. Yeah, but that, <laughs> at least we don't have to fucking slob off Eddie Hearn anymore. No, that's that was one of the main reasons I was like, yeah, I'm not fucking taking a check from Eddie. <laughs> Slime ball. <laughs> Turns out that wasn't the case. <laughs> All right, Ben. While the ship has sailed, I guess we'll be relegated to the basements of Middle Maryland. <sighs> yes, sir. Um, for the time being. But that's okay. We'll be back for episode 218. I, I'll, I'll tell you, it's going to be in a week. We'll probably see you in a month. It might be Sunday. It might be 2019. Who knows? But we'll be here. But look, look at it like this. Look at it like being a paranoid uh, American thinking that the Russians are going to bomb us at any moment. You look around every day, you're kind of wigging out, hoping it doesn't happen. But one day that bomb is going to drop. You know what I mean? You better have a bunker. Are you comparing <laughs> us to that? <laughs> yes. I don't know anymore. Absolute destruction, huh? It is. It's, it, dude, it's just funny how you know, life uh, gets a little longer. You get a little bit older. Families start to be created. And the next thing you know, your podcast, well, your wife doesn't think it's as important anymore. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, that's all right, Ben. The Tale of the Tape Boxing Podcast lives on. People say, stop calling it the Tale of the Tape. You guys are the boxing rant. You know, we're in fucking too deep, and I don't know what to call it, man. Right. Call it whatever the fuck you want. Just listen, damn it. Yeah. <laughs> Once a month. <laughs> uh, we appreciate all of you tuning in to episode 217 of the Tale of the Tape Boxing Podcast here on theboxingrant.com. Be sure to drop by theboxingrant.com today. Subscribe to the show on iTunes, Spreaker, and Google Play. And drop by the Boxing Rant YouTube channel today. Subscribe. And follow us on Twitter, at VinceCummings81 and at Kenny Keith Jr. Well, then, we'll be back next week, and we'll be begging for money from the big corporate sponsors once again. <laughs> That's all right. We got, we got Boo Boo this weekend. Make you feel all better, kids. That's right. Boo Boo going to lift that fake title. <laughs> we appreciate all of you tuning in to the 217th episode of the Tale of the Tape Boxing Podcast here on theboxingrant.com. Muchas gracias, everybody.